guys ready for a word today? You guys know today is July 4th, and I know that there is a hot dog in your future. Amen? I feel it right now in my soul. There's a hot dog, cheeseburger in your future. So I don't want to keep you long today. You guys know that generally we do series preaching around at the bridge. We go through series. We walk through different aspects of a series and all of that. Every once in a while, we have what we call a one-off. And that's just basically, hey, let's just see, hey, God, what do you want to say? Is there anything in particular other than the series? Is there anything special you want to say to the people? So today is one of those one-off messages. Now, let me interject this. Next week, we start a brand new series called Felt Board Faith. If you've been at the bridge any time at all, you know this is a series we do generally every year. And so last year... We did kind of like well-known Bible stories. So, you know, like Jonah and the well and David and Goliath and stuff like that. Well, this year, we're actually doing lesser-known Bible stories. So there's different stories you read in the Bible, and you're like, wait a minute. I didn't know that was there, but it's there. And so we're going to be doing lesser-known Bible stories starting next week. But today, I wanted to just kind of lean in to where some of you are, and I wanted to just get, you notice how my voice changed, and there was intention behind that. Um, I believe what I've got for you today, for some of you watching online, some of you in here, I believe this is going to be a message that you really need. I believe it's something that you're going to take from here today, <clears throat> and I believe it really has the capabilities of changing your life where you are. And so I want to talk to you today on the subject of from the battle to the blessing, from battle to to blessing. I'm going to look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And we're going to look at the story of King Jehoshaphat. And I love King Jehoshaphat because his name actually means the Lord will rule. I mean, how cool of a name is it to have like that? Your name actually means the Lord will rule. And how many of you have discovered that your life works out a whole lot better not when you're in charge but when God's in charge. And so here's Jehoshaphat, the Lord will rule. And I think this is so significant because he is actually the king of Judah. And here's what you need to understand. As the king goes, so goes the nation. As the king goes, so goes the nation. And we see this over and over and over again in the Old Testament, how Israel would, would have a new king. Judah would have a king. They would have these different kings to rise up. And if they were evil, if there was evil in their hearts, eventually you would see the nation turn to evil. At the same token, if you had a king that rose up and he was a king that loved God and served God, you would see the nation drift that way. And so again, as the king goes, so goes the nation. But not only does it apply to the king, it applies to where we are today. Uh, I would say that when God is in charge of the man, the family will fall in line. And I would even go on beyond that because I know we have a lot of single moms that are watching online that are here today. And if the king is in charge of the person who's running that household, the family falls in line. Now, does that mean that your kids are going to do everything you ask and they're going to make their bed and they're going to pick up the dirty clothes? No, it don't mean that. Amen. That's not what it means. But it does mean that there's, there's a blessing attached to that household. Psalms chapter 33 verse 12 says, Blessed is the nation whose God is Lord. 
You understand that more now than ever before, we as a nation, we celebrate our freedoms. We celebrate the men and women who are serving all over the world right now, standing for our freedom, standing in the gap for our protection. And so, man, let's just give all of our military personnel a big hand of applause right there for their service, their dedication. Thank you guys so very much for doing what you do, answering the call. We appreciate you. And so it's important for us to, to, to really serve God. When you've got a leader that's serving God and you're under that leader, it's a trickle-down effect. And so it's important for you to understand that this is a king that is serving God. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1 and 2. Let's pick up the story there. Look at these first two words here. It says, after this... After this, well, what is he talking about there? After, after what? Well, if you read chapter 19, Jehoshaphat is traveling throughout the nation of Judah, and he's encouraging the people to turn back to God. He's challenging the people to live godly lives, to be men and women of integrity, to judge fairly, to be fully committed to God. So, so after this, after he's, he's going in and kind of sparking a revival, if you will, watch what happens. The armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and some of the Midianites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon tomorrow. And this was another name for En Gedi. Now again, I want you to catch the context here. Chapter 19, King Jehoshaphat is going throughout the nation, turning the heart of a nation back to God. Let's serve God. Let's listen to God. Let's be passionate about God. Don't you find it strange that as a result of that, that movement, that turning back to God, that not one, not two, but three enemy armies are surrounding the nation. Three enemy armies are coming about against these guys. And I think it's important for you to understand because sometimes we find ourselves in a battle. Sometimes we find ourselves in a fight. Sometimes we're wondering, like, God, how is this happening? What's going on? So, like, we question things oftentimes when we get in a battle. We question ourselves. We question God. We question life. And here is the king of Judah, Judah and he's doing everything right, but the enemy is surrounding him. And the lesson that I get from that is that there are times in our lives where you're in a battle, you're in a fight, not because of something you've done wrong, but because the decisions you're making in life are right. And as a result, the enemy of your soul has surrounded you. Here's one of the things that I've learned about the devil, and that is he never attacks something that God is not already in. He never attacks something that God is not already in. How many of you know the enemy will leave you alone as long as you're running with him? But the moment you make a decision to take a stand, the moment you make a decision and say, I'm going to serve God, I'm going to be fully committed to God, all of a sudden opposition comes. And I believe for some of you today watching online here on site, I believe this is confirmation for you because you're in a battle and you've been questioning God and you've been questioning yourselves. What have I done wrong? Listen, it's confirmation that you're in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And the enemy doesn't like what you're doing. 
And so you find yourself in this battle and you're like, man, is it ever going to end? And God is saying, hey, if you persevere through this thing, there's a blessing on the other side for you. And so King Jehoshaphat, he's encouraging the people, turn to the Lord. As a result, the enemy has surrounded him. I love the, the wording that surrounded him. Have you ever been in a situation in your life where you fought one fight to turn around and think, oh man, I got it, only to find another enemy right there? You turn around only to find another one and another one, and it's like, God, is this thing ever going to end? Is it ever going to come to an end? And so we're constantly fighting this battle. We're constantly got the enemy surrounding us, and we're like, God, what's going on here? And God's saying, hey, you got to trust me. That's a hard place to be, right? You got to trust me. You got to trust me. So what I want to do today is I want to give you kind of step by step three things that you can do to go from the battle to the blessing. From the battle to the blessing. And here's the first thing. Number one, it starts with prayer. It starts with prayer. Starts with prayer. Let's look at verse 3 and 4. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news. What was the news? Remember, 19, turn to God. Revival breaks out. God's doing something great. For some of you, I'm going to take a stand. I'm going to serve God. I'm going all in for God. And as a result, the enemy surrounds him. And so for some of you, that's where it's at. So Jehoshaphat's terrified. He begged the Lord for guidance. He ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So the people from all of the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord for help. I want you to notice what Jehoshaphat does here. The Bible says he calls the people to a fast. How many of you know it's serious business when you go without some chicken nuggets, waffle fries, and Polynesian sauce? Come on, somebody. We're getting serious right there. Amen. That's some serious business when you say no to your flesh so that you can say yes to your spirit. And this is so important to grasp because this is the first time in all of the Bible where you see the king by proclamation declaring a fast for the people of God. And it says that they begin to seek the Lord. They begin to fight, or excuse me, pray and fast. And I believe it's important that when you're fighting a battle, the first thing you do is go to God. The first thing you do, and I know sometimes it feels like I'm just in over my head. I can't breathe. I can't get out of this. But when you're in over your head, you need to look up above your head and say, God, I'm trusting in you in this moment. I might not feel you. I might can't sense you, but you're still here. I'm trusting in you. You've got to commit yourself to prayer. Listen, if you are living a prayerless life, panic will be a part of your daily life. You'll always live in panic. But when you're willing to pray, when you're willing not to look with natural eyes, but spiritual eyes, then God can move and do something great in your life. And here's Jehoshaphat. Notice what he did not do. He didn't mobilize the army. I mean, you would think all these people are coming against him, all these armies, all this, this battle is breaking out. You would think he would have mobilized the armies, get the commanders in chief in charge, get them all together in a room, strategize. We got to work this thing out. We got to get it together. But listen, he didn't do any of that. He didn't count the weapons. The first thing he did is says, guys, we've got to set our hearts on seeking the Lord. Again, when you are willing to pray, you don't have to panic. But if you're not willing to pray, panic will be the pattern of your life. 
You know, I remember times uh, in my life, because, you know, men are hard-headed, and all the women said. Amen. Yeah, see, online they're shouting right now. I can see you. Amen. And so there's times in my life where, where I'll try to do something, and I'm over here struggling. I'm struggling, and Misty's sitting over here looking at me, and she's like, hey, why don't you let me help you? I'm like, woman, I got this. I got it. My job, I got it. I'm over here struggling. I'm over here panicking. I'm over here trying to get it done. And Misty has a saying. She'll look at me and say, stay in bondage then. <laughs> Come on. I'm here. Like, stay in bondage then. Just keep on doing your thing. How many of you know how many times in life we're struggling, trying to figure something out, trying to make it come together, trying to do all of this, and God is sitting over here saying, hey, I can help you right there. I can help you with that decision. I can give you the wisdom. I can give you grace. I can give you mercy. And we're sitting over here like, God, I got this. And it's almost like he's saying, stay in bondage then. Amen? Listen, how many of you want God's revelation on your situation? you got to be willing to pray. One of the tragedies of a prayerless life is there are angels on the unemployment line right now in heaven because you're not willing to petition God. God is in heaven. He has angels assigned to come into your situation, to come into where you are, to come into the battle. But you want to do it all on your own. And there's angels right now in the unemployment line thinking, are you ever going to release us? And it all happens when you're willing to pray. And so the king of Judah, he understands this. And so skip down to verse 12. Here's, here's his prayer. He says, oh God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this army. And quite frankly, that's where some of you are right now. You feel powerless. You feel empty on the inside. You feel this void on the inside. God, we're powerless against this army. We don't know what to do. But watch what he says. We're looking to you for help. There are times in life where you've got to stop looking at other people. You've got to stop looking at the natural resources. And God's saying, hey, if you could let me get involved, I've got everything you need. But it starts with you inviting God into your situation. Here's the second thing you need to do. You need to take your position. Take your position. Starts with prayer. Then you've got to take your position. Watch this verse 15 and 17. It says, he said. Who's he talking about here? Well, they're, they're in a prayer meeting. Remember? They're praying. They're seeking God. They're fasting. There's this, this Levite, this gentleman named Jehaziel. And he steps up and he begins to prophesy. He says, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, listen. King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. I love this. For the battle is not yours, but God's. I feel like some of you need to hear that right now. This battle you're fighting is not yours. It's God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jerel. And watch what he says. But you will not even need to fight. Come on, somebody. You don't need to do anything. What does he say? Take your position and stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow. 
For the Lord is with you. You understand that prayer will put you in a position for victory. It'll put you in a position for victory. And there are times where God wants to come in and God wants to do something great in your life, but you're out of position. You know, I had a pastor friend of mine not long ago call me and he said, man, you're not going to believe what happened. I mean, he like had that, that, that voice. I said, what went on? He said, I took my son to a baseball game the other day and we're sitting there and it's a beautiful day. It's wonderful. It's great. And all of a sudden, my son leans over. We're eating hot dogs and curly fries and a big old Coke. Come on in Jesus' name. That's like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit coming together, right? But anyway, he's like, man, it was amazing. He said, my son leaned over and said, Dad, i got to go to the bathroom. He's like, son, the inning's almost over. We're in the bottom of the inning. There's two outs. I mean, come on. Can you wait? i got to go now. So he gets up. He carries his son to the bathroom. He comes back, and everybody is looking at him. And he's like, man, what did we do wrong? And all the guys around him are like, dude, you're not going to believe this. The guy hit a foul ball, and it landed in your son's curly fries. And he looked over, and the boy beside him said, he had his ball. Sitting right there. The blessing, if you want to call that, was coming his way in his curly fries. But he missed it because he was out of position. He was out of position. You've got to put yourself in a position in order to receive God's blessing. And obedience to his word will put you at the right place at the right time. And you can receive exactly what God wants you to have. Turn to somebody and say, get in position. Get in position. And sometimes, you know, it's, it's a relationship, right? Man, I have seen people do crazy things for loneliness. Crazy things for loneliness. And they get into a relationship and it's bad and they're out of position. There are other people that get on a job and they show up 30 minutes late all the time. Turn to your neighbor and say, you know. You know. That's right. They show up 30 minutes late all the time. They take breaks all the time. Then they talk about wanting to raise. Amen. There are some people that are so focused on climbing the ladder of success. Nothing wrong with that. But they're so focused on getting to the next level. They're so focused on doing this and doing that. And it's all about making the money. And it's all about success. Hear me today. Here's what you need to understand. A job is what you're paid for. A calling is what you're made for. And every single one of us have a calling attached to our lives. There is a purpose attached to your life. And that purpose is threefold. People all the time ask, what's my purpose? It's threefold. That is for you to know God, to love God, and serve God in this world. That is your purpose. That is your calling. What's my purpose? Know God, love God, and serve God in the world. That's our calling. That's what we're supposed to do. And some of you are crying and weeping. Man, I remember when my kids were growing up. I've still got two younger ones, but I've got two of them now that's kind of moved into adulthood. And I can remember when sis, I call her sis, Samantha, my daughter. She's our oldest. But I remember when she was kind of growing up, kind of getting on the dating scene. And, and, and man, I could see it. I could see it coming because she didn't keep a young man long. I mean, like two weeks, my brother's out the door. There's one guy came and picked her up one day. And he's there, and he picked her up early. And I'm like, hey, man, I, I like this guy. He was nice. 
I'm like, dude, he's got a good job. He, he's got a college head on his shoulders. I'm like, this guy's going places. Like, sis, you need to hang with him. Amen. And so I looked at him. I said, brother, let me give you some advice. If you bring her home by 7, you're done. She don't like you. 6.30, my brother comes rolling up with her. And I just look at him. I said, dude, it ain't working for you. Amen. <laughs> ain't working. This guy was so upset. Like, wow, I thought we had a good time. There are times in your life where you're crying and you're weeping. And it's like God has shut the door and said, listen, I've got a blessing over here. But I've got to shut the door on this side. You ever been going through life and you really wanted something and you really felt like this is God and it's going to work out and it's going to happen and all of a sudden God shuts that door? And now you're crying, you're upset, you're worried like what's going to happen and it could be that God's saying, hey, I've got something better for you over here but I had to shut this because you were going in this direction. And you've got to make sure you get yourself in position. There's a couple things I think. There's really a lot more. But for the sake of time, I want to give you a couple things that will move you out of a position where you won't receive from God. Here's the first thing. Crazy thoughts. Come on, somebody. Can I get an amen right there? Crazy thoughts. How many of you know the enemy will use imaginary things to move you out of position? The enemy will make you think everybody's against you. And everybody's talking about you. And they must not like me because nobody spoke to me this morning. And so we, everybody, listen, let me help you today. Don't create something in your mind that's not a reality in your life. I saw y'all like jumping and running laps right there. Online they're doing it. Amen. Don't create something in your mind that's not a reality in your life. Let me ask you today, what is in your mind right now that's not in your life? Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. That you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Don't let crazy thoughts move you out of position to where God wants you to be. Here's the second thing, and this one is a big one. Impatience. Impatience. Come on, how many of you guys are gifted with patience today? Let me see your hands. I got one person right here and one right here. Two people out of this whole crowd. Man, tell me how you do it. Amen. Impatience. Like, gotta have it now. Microwave generation. Come on, somebody. How many of you remember growing up? When I was growing up, I had my great-grandmother. Her name was Maggie. Maggie Mills. Maggie Mills was the best cook, besides my wife, on the face of the planet. Amen. Figured I'd throw that one in. Love you, baby. Amen, girl. <laughs> so she was the best cook on the face of the planet because she had Lord. Come on, somebody. Anybody feeling? Are you picking up what I'm laying down right now? Are you picking it up? She had Lord, like a big old bucket full of Lord. I don't think she ever washed her hands, but it really didn't matter. She would take and dig that little hand in that stuff and throw it in a cast iron skillet in Jesus' name. Woo! We about to get out of here early today. Amen. And she would fry chicken and cornbread, cook up some rutabagas, little collard greens, little cabbage. Come on, somebody. Amen. 
But look, it took a while for that kind of stuff to, to get cooked, right? Like it, it wasn't now. And so now what do we want? I'm like, Misty, girl, we're looking some fried chicken. We're looking some rutabagas. We're looking some collars. She like, you know your grandma ain't with us no more. Amen. <laughs> so, it takes time to do that. And so we're so impatient because we want the best meal ever, but we want it in a microwave form. And so now what you do, you go to Walmart, buy some of that old Salisbury steak. Come on, block of ice. A little corn, mix it all together. We're so impatient. We're so impatient. And listen, if you're going to receive from God, you've got to surrender to His schedule, not yours. Surrender to His schedule. God says, take your position. You can't be disobedient and expect the blessings of God. People say all the time, man, I just want God's favor. I want His blessings. I want Him to bless my finances. But you're not living on a budget? Come on, you buying everything your eyes see. Buying stuff with money you ain't got. Trying to impress people you don't even know. Amen. And then to top it all off, when it comes to putting God first in the area of your finances, you know that little word we don't like to talk about, the tithe? We don't like to talk about that. When it comes to doing that, we're like, oh, no, I ain't doing it. Listen, you move yourself out of position when you are disobedient to God's word. I just touched a nerve right there. I felt that. If you're going to move from the battle to the blessing, it starts with prayer. Number two, you got to get in position. Here's number three. You got to be willing to praise. You got to be willing to praise. It's the three P's, guys prayer, position, and praise. Prayer, position, and praise. Verse 20 and 22. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Hey, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in His prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting the people, watch what this king does. Does he set aside and say, All right, let's put the army out front. Let's get the tanks out here. Let's get the swords and spears. Watch what he does. The king appointed what? Singers to walk ahead of the army. We're going into battle. Yeah, like strap it on. All right, put the praise team out front. The singers, put them ahead. Sing to the Lord and praise Him for His holy splendor. And this is what they did. They sang and gave thanks to the Lord for His faithful love endures forever. At that very moment, the moment they begin to sing and give praise, the Lord causes the army of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting amongst themselves. Are you catching this? It starts with prayer, inviting the presence of God in on your situation. Then you've got to find your position, and then you've got to give God praise. Listen, the best time to worship God is when you're right in the middle of a problem. When you're right in the middle of a battle, when you're right in the middle of the fight, you give God praise. The scripture says in the book of Psalms, the Lord inhabits the praise of his people. He inhabits the praise of the people. The word inhabits there literally means that the Lord comes and dwells inside your praise. He dwells inside your praise. Notice Jehoshaphat said to the choir, he said to the singers, Can you imagine getting a phone call from the President of the United States? And says, Hey, Pastor, 
We're about to go against these crazy folks over here. We got some terrorists over here. Can you send your worship team? Like, let's put them out in front, like playing the drums, giving God praise. Sounds crazy, right? Makes no sense in the natural when you're in a battle, when you're in a fight, and some of you are right now. You're in that place. You're, you're, you're kind of stressed out a little bit. You're kind of maxed out. And how did this stuff come? It like came out of nowhere. I mean, it, it would be nice if you get a phone call and says, Hey, three weeks from now, there's going to be pressure put on your life. Be nice, but it doesn't work that way. Most of the time, you wake up and it's there. And now you're in the battle. It makes no sense in the natural for you to praise. Like, what, what do I need to praise God for? Man, I'm in a fight. I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling in my home. I'm struggling with my kids. I'm struggling on my job. Struggling in my marriage. Struggling in my finances. I'm struggling. In the natural, I admit, it makes no sense to praise God. But in the spiritual... When you muster up the strength to give God praise, you understand that He shows up in the middle of that. That's why He says, hey, this battle you're in, it's not yours. It's mine, says the Lord. Because you're willing to praise. And They begin to sing praises unto God and their praise, watch this, triggered God's power. Verse 25 and 27, watch what happens. These enemies, they're fighting against one another. And it says, King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather what? The plunder. God says, I'm not going to leave you in the battle. I'm going to bring you to the blessing. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables. More than they could carry. There was so much plunder, it took them three days to collect it all. And on the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing. Notice what they call that valley, the Valley of Blessing. It got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. And it's still called the Valley of Blessing today. It started with the battle, but it ended with the blessing. Because they were willing to pray. They were willing to position themselves and they were willing to praise. I am so thankful to live in America. I am so thankful to live in North Carolina. I am. Nothing wrong with other places, but I, I love North Carolina. I've been in Oklahoma a big part of this week. It was so good to get back home. Come on, sun drop in Jesus' name. Guys, America is in a battle. Our freedoms are being attacked. Our liberty is being attacked. The only thing I know to do is to pray. And say, God, help us. God, send revival. God, help us to speak your word. Help us to not be ashamed. Help us to go and do everything we can to tell people about the cause of Jesus Christ. There are enemies all around this nation 
that hate us. There are enemies around this nation that have surrounded us. And at any given moment, they would attack us. But prayerfully and thankfully, the hand of God is still resting upon us. Because we're willing to pray. We're willing to put ourselves in a position to say, God, I'm going to be obedient to you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to worship you. I'm going to know you. I'm going to love you. And I'm going to serve you. That's the calling. And we're willing to praise. Come into the house this morning. Such a sweet spirit of praise in the house this morning. God says, hey, I'll dwell in the middle of your praise. Just three Ps. So where are you at today? What's going on in your life? What's going on in your heart? Are you in a battle? Are you fighting? Are you struggling with something? Do you feel like the enemy has surrounded you? You feel like you're in over your head and you don't know what to do? The three Ps are there for you. You got to get God in your situation first of all. Pray like you like skip Chick-fil-A. Amen. Skip the chicken nuggets and the waffle fries. Go on a fast and say, God, I just need you in this situation. I need you. Begin to pray. Begin to position yourself. How do I put myself in a position? It's waiting on God, being obedient to God, serving God, living for God. Put yourself in the position. And while you're in that place where the storm is brewing, just begin to praise. Just begin to praise. Because God, I know that this thing that's happening right now, it's not my battle. It's yours. Stand with me all over the house. Father, thank you for moments like this. Thank you for the privilege to come into your house. To serve you. To worship you. To come into this place, Lord, and be able to do what we're doing freely. There are people all over the world right now, Lord, that would kill for this opportunity. And so, God, help us to not take these moments for granted. And, Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters all over the world right now. I pray that you would strengthen their faith. Lord, that you would be with them and encourage them and watch over them. And God, help us here. Help us here to stay focused on the three Ps. Help us to stay focused in prayer. Help us, Lord, to position ourselves by just simply knowing you, loving you, and serving you. And God, help us to praise. Give us that spirit of praise, God, that no matter what's going on, no matter what's happening, we're going to praise you. And out of that praise, it's going to trigger your power to come in and be released in our lives. Father, we love you today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Come on, give God a big hand clap of praise all over the house. Would you bow your heads with me real quick, just for a moment. Father, thank you. Some of you may have come in here today. Maybe you're watching online and you find yourself in the middle of a battle. In the middle of struggle. Seems like the enemy has surrounded you. 
And if that's you, would you just be willing to slip a hand up and put it down and say, Pastor, pray for me. Seize the hand, seize the hand, hands, hands everywhere. Hands everywhere. Hands everywhere. Father, you know the struggles. They are real. Father, you know where we are right now. You know that there is a battle that is brewing. And so God, right now, we're going to commit to seeking you. We're going to commit to putting ourselves in a position. And we're going to commit to praising you. And God, in the middle of this battle that so many find themselves in, my prayer, God, is that in due time, that you'll bring them into the blessing. Bring them into the blessing. Lord, help us not to lose heart. Help us not to give up, but help us to hold on to you. And maybe you're in here today and you've just kind of walked in. Maybe you're watching online. The first step, remember, is prayer. That's the first P. So if you're in here today and you're doing life on your own, you're watching online and you've been doing this thing by yourself, the first thing you've got to do is realize, God, you're in charge. And so, Father, right now, I'm going to resign as the CEO of my life. And I'm going to give you my heart. I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give you everything I've got. Father, I need you. Father, I love you. Come into my heart. Come into my life. If that describes you right there where you are, would you just be willing to slip a hand? I'm not here to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. Maybe you're online and you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm ready to go all in. Right there in the chat box where you are, just type something in and say, Pastor, I'm going all in for Jesus. Church, can we pray this prayer together as a family? Lord Jesus, Father, I need you. Father, I ask you now to forgive me of my sins, create in me a clean heart, renew in me a right spirit. Father, I believe you died on the cross. And you rose the third day. Lord, take control of my life. Help me to step in to knowing you, loving you, and serving you with everything I've got. In Jesus' name. Everybody in the house said amen. Those of you online say amen. Come on, give God a big hand clap of praise all over the house.